Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi, Jinx, with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today, I have a very special guest lined up. Um, It's nobody. I have no guest. Um, Mama's been very busy. But listen, um, I wanted to make sure I still deliver the goods. So I sit down with myself alone in the room. No producer, no no person to have a conversation with. I just basically closed my eyes and talked about my life. It might be interesting. It might not be. Um, it's more of an update. <laughs> it's more of a it's more of an update and um, expectations of things to come. Um, little sneaks and teasers and peaks and prods and uh, things to wet your whistle. <laughs> Uh, but don't worry. Next week, we already have a wonderful episode lined up with Beth Broderick, Aunt Zelda from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, another um, another one of the female actors from a very formative show in my life that I vowed to have on this podcast. Um, I'll be talking about that. I'll be talking about today's celebrity crush. I think it's a repeat, but Oh, it's a good one. Uh, I'll be talking about Chicago, Doctor Who, uh, uh, the season 15 finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. I'll be talking about a new song I'm releasing this Friday. I'm talking about it all, all by myself. See if you can parse out some wisdom from these inane ramblings. And uh, besides that, uh, hunker down. Buckle up and sink your teeth into some brand new hijinks. M. Oh. M. Mom! everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, I don't have a guest. Okay, so if you've been following the episodes of Hijinks. If you've been following my social media, if you've been following my life and times as of recently, I've been going from one project to another. I don't recommend it. I promised myself I wasn't going to keep doing this in my life. I have a plan for 2024 to be a much more relaxed year, but in order to get there, I have to finish out 2023 strong. So my 2023 is booked solid, baby. This is what they call booked and blessed, all right? Um, <laughs> I, I'm very, very happy. Could not be more happy. But I am, you know, missing my cats, missing my husband, I know what it says about me that I said the cats first, but listen, cats, I think I, I think my husband will understand when he 
listens to this and combs the episode for anything that I might have spilled to the general populace. Um, <laughs> 2023 has been absolutely amazing, but I just got to spend a week at home and my chosen family has worked so hard while I was in New York. Um, they worked so hard to do the um, refurbishments, the remodeling that we've been talking about for years but haven't been able to do because, you know, life, life is frustrating. Um, so, uh, while I was in New York working my little tush off, um, my chosen family at my house, who I live with by choice, god damn it, um, they put in the work, uh, one housemate moved into the tiny house that's been being built in our backyard, I've talked about it countlessly, countless times, I'm sure. That housemate has moved into the tiny house, and I gotta say, it is a luxe tiny house. This is like a luxury condo, just free floating in my backyard. That freed up an extra room, so now we have a devoted, like, um, I've been calling it the room of requirements. Michael does his music in there, I play video games in there, um, it's an office workspace and a rec room. And uh, that means that I get my own office. Game changer, everybody. Um, I have new storage space for my drag. Oh, God, this must be boring. I don't know if this is interesting to anyone else, but listen. My house is functioning in a way that I've only dreamed of and talked about for years. And it's thanks to the hard work uh, of my chosen family. So now that I'm done paying them lip service, uh, <laughs> if you're all listening, thank you very much. I'm so in love with my, my, my home. And that makes it even harder to go to follow my dreams. So now I'm in Cardiff, Wales. Haven't begun filming Doctor Who yet. Right now we're just in the pre-production. Um, the first day I was here, had to sleep off the jet lag, but woke up to a sunny afternoon, went walking around the Esplanade, um, bought some pants <laughs> to get me through the week because um, I did the very classy thing of coming with dirty clothes, <laughs> clothes that I knew I want, wanted to have here in Cardiff but didn't have time to wash, so I brought dirty clothes um, to get dry cleaned here, which means I had a lack of pants. So trousers, as they say here. So first day, me and um, my assistant uh, go shopping for pants, but I also have to procure some weed. I'm a huge advocate, huge... Um, uh, Oh God! How do I uh, how how do I talk as an advocate for weed without sounding super stoned? Uh, I, Dave's not here, ma'am, but I'm a huge advocate for weed. Uh, <laughs> stupid. Anyway, so listen, American listeners, we have it made in the shade 
when it comes to procuring weed in the States. Even before it was legal, living in Seattle, when I needed to get weed, I walked two flights up and had a polite conversation with a queer elder um, and and selected from his um, bountiful array of different strains, all categorized in different mason jars. It was it was rustic. It was eclectic. And now, you know, we got dispensaries. In Portland, it's very, it's very laissez-faire <laughs> dispensary. It's very, it's very like uh, what you'd expect from Portland. Now, here in the UK, getting weed, I don't do it often here. I, I normally have to ask for help because <laughs> it is like what you hear about getting weed was like back in the day. Just having come from Portland where I walked down the street to buy weed on my way to the general store, <laughs> then to come to Cardiff, Wales, and it's a whole to-do. It's a whole uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 mission. <laughs> anyway, so that was day one. Bought some pants, bought some weed. Um, today I met with the director. Um, we had a little chat. And um, that's all I can say about Doctor Who. But of course, um, this is coming right off the heels, right off the heels of a week at home where I spent the entire time working on the creatives and the script and the set list for my next tour, Everything at Stake happening in North America this summer. Um, go to jinxmonsoon.com for information and ticket information and links and all the ways to buy your things. Um, <laughs> and that week of working on my show happened in between closing Chicago on Broadway and coming to Cardiff, Wales uh, to shoot Doctor Who. So... I have one week at home, spent the entire time working. I'm very happy. I'm very pleased with myself, but I have just been going, going, going. Let me talk about burnout for a second, everyone. You don't do anyone any good if you're not your best. Um, <laughs> I say this, and I'm constantly, constantly um, spreading myself as thin as humanly possible. But there is a reckoning. <laughs> when I was at home, even though I kept working, um, part of the reason why I was working at home is because I needed to be able to just stop for an hour and just do something else. Uh, I needed to be able to go to bed at a moment's notice. Um, my energy was depleted um, by, by the end of week 10 in Chicago. So working from home was a compromise to keep the momentum going, to, to find time to um, get some bricks laid down for the next tour. But also I needed to be I needed to be somewhere where I could just collapse at the end of the day. Um, you know, we find a balance in our life. Um, my plan is to take 2024 very, very easy, as easy as possible, being very 
picky about what things I do, you know? <laughs> talked a lot about how it was a dream come true to perform in Chicago on Broadway. And it was, but it was so much more than that because it wasn't just like a fantasy come to life. It wasn't like some fairy tale ending to a movie starring Hilary Duff. It wasn't like, you know, the young scrappy kid worked her way up from the drag dive bars in Portland and and made her way to Broadway after a, a grueling 20 years in, in the business of drag. Because <laughs> it was that, but it wasn't like, it didn't feel like the end. It didn't feel like the, it didn't feel like the finale. It felt like walking through a threshold into the next stage of something. Knock on wood. Um, I worked really, really hard during the production of Chicago to quickly, you know, gain the stamina that it takes to do eight shows a week. I saw a voice doctor to make sure that I was taking care of my voice. And when it felt fatigued, I was making sure that I wasn't exacerbating any problems, making sure that I wasn't causing any long-term damage by belting it out every night. Um, I made sure I was taking care of myself throughout as far as my my diet, my daily routine. Humidifiers were running 24 Seven in my Brooklyn Airbnb. Um, I worked very, very hard, and I was the happiest I've been in a long time. Um, that That's a bit hyperbolic. I feel just as happy doing my holiday tour with Ben de la Creme. I feel just as happy after a great show with Major Scales. But this was a consistent working contentment. <laughs> Ten weeks of just feeling on top of the world because I was working my ass off. And the work was fulfilling. The work was making me happy. It was making audiences happy. It was making my cast happy. It was making Broadway happy. I just... You know, it was a, it was just wonderful. I learned everything I ever needed to know about being an actor, everything I ever needed to know about live performance. And I can't wait for another opportunity to perform in another Broadway show. Um, I'm looking forward to that day, but I've also got the abundance of things going on right now which is a daunting, wonderful thing. Um, I'm, a, I'm a very uh, critical, self-critical person. <laughs> I guess I'm critical of many things. I'm critical of art. I'm critical of drag. But I'm, you know, polite about it. I, I, I think my opinions are generally based in, you know, uh, what works and what doesn't work versus just, you know... Being a snot with <laughs> too many opinions. 
But I'm that too. Uh, the point is, I'm highly self-critical, but I had to, I had to let go of that to get through eight shows a week. There's no time to stop and lick your wounds. And you know what? No one cares. Um, uh, <laughs> of course, my castmates were wonderful and would hear me out anytime I had to like express frustration with a flub or a weird moment on stage. But you know what? You just get used to it um, when when that's your job day in, day out. <laughs> so Chicago on Broadway, I think there was a part of me that felt like I've arrived at something I set as a goal for so long that once I was there and once everything was going well, I I began to relax in a way that I don't think I ever have in my career. In my life, really, I've never relaxed. I don't relax. I'm not a relaxer. I I, I function as a high-strung person. You know, I'm I, I think I'm finding new ways to be calm and I'm finding new ways to be zen as a high-strung person. <laughs> But I, I, you know, I guess I relax by playing video games, but even that can get stressful. Um, I get emotionally invested, but I relax in many ways. But me as a person, I'm not relaxed. I'm high strung. I go from zero to 60 like that. Uh, it's, it's who I am. But I, I had to learn to not let that be the way that I operate when it comes to my art and my performance. And it's so funny that doing it at the highest level is where I learned how to finally practice that. And now that I've done that at the highest level, let me tell you, the first thing I did after leaving New York closing my 10-week run on Broadway, was fly to L.A. to film the season 15 finale of Drag Race, where I was graciously and very kindly and generously asked (laughs) to sing. Um, They asked me to sing at the finale. Um, I've sung at the finale before, but as a pre-show this was to be part of the show, and this feels really, really sweet to be recognized by um, Drag Race, World of Wonder, the drag community, my sisters in arms. Um, they asked me what I wanted to sing. My first thought was to sing something original, but I've done that before um, and felt kind of weird about it, you know, kind of like... In these moments, I really want to sing something iconic. And not to say that I don't think my own music is iconic, but I want to sing something that immediately, because we have such a long-standing relationship with it, I want to sing something that just the moment we hear the first sentence, the first lyric, we're all together in a moment. And luckily, there was a song that made just absolute perfect no-brainer sense to do. 
So when you watch the finale, I hope you enjoy the song um, that we all chose. It might seem a little on the nose, but you know what? Damn it, I earned it. It went fantastically, but what I want to say is doing things for TV on Drag Race, oh my gosh, filming All-Star 7. I was a nervous wreck the entire time. Um, I probably drove my castmates crazy. I don't know that they'd put it that way because they're nice people. But, um, you know, I was I was simultaneously feeling very, very charged and activated and ready. But that high-strung, self-critical brain was working on overdrive. So here I am at the season 15 finale, and I've been asked to sing, singing, you know, something that I do all the time, but so, so self-critical. I got to say, it was just the easiest, breeziest, most wonderful. I felt wonderful about the performance. I felt wonderful about my voice. And I was relaxed and calm and enjoying every moment of it because I I did 10 weeks on Broadway and now I feel like I can do anything. It's that simple. So I went and filmed the season 15 finale. I went from Chicago to the season 15 finale. That was just a joy. Um, it was a long, long day. It was a long, long day. And if you follow, you know, Drag Race intently, you probably have heard uh, rumors and tea spilled about the filming day. It was a long, long day. But everyone is was in really wonderful spirits. It was nice to all be together. We all kikied from our seats. <laughs> It was a veritable who's who of people who just really needed some drag in their life and were happy to be there. <laughs> beautiful people, beautiful queens. It was a beautiful day. 12-hour long <laughs> film day, at least, um, for me. And I won't complain about a minute of it. Um I wore wonderful designs by the Lady Hyde for the red carpet and Garrow Sparrow for the main stage. And my wig was by Marco, Marco's Wigs. Um, I just, I felt lovely. It was an easy breezy day. And I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I enjoyed filming it. And it was one of the first events that I got to take Michael to where we got to walk the red carpet together as a married couple, Michael now uh, an American uh, immigrant. Is that the he's not naturalized? He's an immigrant. He's here on a, a visa. Yeah, he immigrated. Yeah, I want to make sure I'm using the right terms. Um, he's an expat. How about that antiquated term? He's an expat. He's a British expat. <laughs> So it's been a busy, busy whirlwind. And like I said, now I'm in Cardiff and I'm already on to the next thing. But don't worry, I'm taking care of myself. My PS5 is here with me. And um, the schedule for, you know, it's going to be an intense, long filming schedule. I'm here for many weeks. Um, but there's lots of time for me to be a human being. Um, 
the the BBC production crew has already taken wonderful care of me. The Doctor Who, the Doctor Crew, the Doctor Who na crew na universe, crew na who na universe. Um, <laughs> everything's been wonderful so far. Um, and I have exciting news. While you're listening to this, um, later this week on Friday, April 14th, um, my new single, um, it's a cover. It's called The Lavender Song. Um, this single will come out this Friday. Um, it is a song that I've performed in shows in Portland. I performed a couple time on uh, a couple times on digital shows during the pandemic. This song was written in the Weimar Republic of Berlin, Germany in the 1930s between the two world wars. And I've talked about this time in in history lots in interviews and podcasts and whatnot. But it was a it was a renaissance so to speak. It was a queer renaissance in Berlin and this little pocket community arose um they had their own uh government <laughs> they but it was a very liberal progressive little pocket uh, i'm not doing it justice describing it like this but what i know most about is um the theater and the art that came um from this time and place um this song, the Lavender Song, um, comes from this era. Era, era, era. Everyone's saying era now. This is the Weimar era. Uh, <laughs> uh, the song is referred to as the first queer anthem, at least in, in Western culture. The first queer anthem. Um, and lots of music from this era and from this uh, period and region um, is very defiant against social norms. It's very pro-queer. It's very pro-feminism. It's, pro, it, it's, it's very satirical and biting and um, not, it's unapologetic and it's not, it's not hidden through wordplay. It's, it's very direct. The Lavender Song is one such song. Um, the chorus being, we are not afraid to be queer and different. If that means hell, then hell will take the chance. They're all so straight, uptight, upright, and rigid. They march in lockstep. We prefer to dance. We see a world of romance and of pleasure. All they can see is sheer banality. Lavender nights are our greatest treasure, where we can be just who we want to be. This is a song that was written in the 1930s in Germany between the two world wars, and it feels like it could have been written today in America. And that feels crazy. <laughs> it also feels amazing that such truthful art was um, created so long ago that stood the test of time. Um, I found this song um, sung by Uta Lemper on her album, Berlin Cabaret Songs Sung in English. <laughs> um, the Lavender Song. 
Um, I might be wrong, but my hypothesis is this is the first place that um, the word queer was reclaimed. And I think that's part of why it's referred to as the first gay anthem. And I might be wrong, but maybe this is the first place that um, non-queer people were referred to as straight. And here it's kind of allegorical, but, um, you know, we know (laughs) that the term is now used for if you're not queer. Um, What I'm really excited about with this song, well, excited might not be the right word. Here's the story behind this song. I've known this song for years. I love this song. As I said, I've performed it before. And it feels very prescient for this time, even before the anti-drag, anti-trans legislation started getting passed and introduced and pushed through. It feels very prescient just because we're still not at a place where queer people are treated equally in this country. We're not at a place where human rights are given without question. We're not at a place where um, the freedoms and liberties that this country boasts are actually given to every citizen the way this country boasts they are. Um, There's not really true freedom and liberty in America unless you are one very specific type of person. So, (laughs) this song, it was already prescient. But the story behind my decision to do this song as a single and the way that I'm releasing this song, um, I was in the shower and I... I was in the shower the day that the um, Colorado Springs shooting happened. Um, That day, uh, Dela and I were on tour with the holiday show in the UK. And um, I read about it. And Dela held me in her arms and I cried um, on a couch in my dressing room. I don't remember what city we were in, but we were in the UK. And she just held me really tight while I cried. And I don't cry very much. I know that's funny for me to say since I cry a lot when I film Drag Race. I cry during Drag Race. And then the rest of my life I don't cry very often, but I cried the day of the Colorado Springs shooting and then I was in the shower and my warm-up playlist was playing and the lavender song came on and I started crying again Um, and I decided that I wanted to make sure that this song was available to people again of course you can go listen to past recordings of this song but I thought Uh, You know, I've got momentum going right now. People are listening. (laughs) So let's put out this song that I think people should hear. Now, um, this song I'm releasing not as a money-making endeavor on my part. That's not what you do music for these days anyway. You do music for love. Yeah, no one makes money off of music unless you're Beyonce. But um, 
I am um, I'm putting this song out because I want it just to be out there for the community. I want to be singing it to my community. We did a different take on it than past, uh, than certainly the um, recording I'm used to, the one I'm familiar with by Uta Lemper. And um, I just, I'm releasing it, and um, I'm doing this in partnership with Every Town USA, which is a gun reform uh, nonprofit, not-for-profit organization, um, spreading awareness and education um, about gun safety, gun reform, and um, <laughs> trying to get uh, assault rifles, you know, looked at. Like, can we can we have the conversation, please? Yeah, I mean, I want to ban all guns, but most people don't want to even hear that conversation uh, for one reason or another. So let's just at least have the conversation about reform. Can we have the conversation about reform? Steady, swift, decisive reform. Um, so uh, for... I can't uh, remember what we settled on, but the more streams this song gets, the more money I donate to Every Town USA. Um, so listen to the song, tell your friends to listen to the song, and um, uh, the more streams it gets, the more uh, charitable donations I make to Every Town USA in an effort for gun reform in America. That comes out Friday. I hope you like the song. Um, it was a labor of love. Um, it was arranged by Major Scales um, and uh, produced by Markaholic in L.A. Um, I'm really excited for everyone to hear it because I didn't have enough going on. I also had to cram in recording and releasing a single so enjoy the Lavender song this Friday. Um, I hope you enjoyed the inane yammerings of what I'm doing with my life. Tildy's doing good. Inky's doing good. The housemates are all doing good. The house looks lovely. Um, I'm a happy bunny. That's what my um, costume, uh, the costume designer on Dr. Who, Dr. Hugh, Dr. Who, the costume designer, um, as I've been doing fittings, um, <laughs> as I've been doing fittings, the costume designer will say, happy, happy bunny. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I'm a very happy bunny right now. Um, as always, I'm going to ask myself the questions that I, the compulsory questions I ask every guest. Um, Jinx, who's your celebrity crush today? My celebrity crush today, um, I think I've said him before, but I'm going to say him again. I'm going to have him as a guest on very soon. Luke, if you're listening, my celebrity crush today is Luke Cook. Um, I've talked about him a bit. Um, I finally reached out to him on Instagram. Well, actually, he reached out to me. Um, I responded with an emoji to one of his stories, and he said, Got something to say on this, Jinx? Got something to say on this, Jinx? <laughs> <laughs> and um, um, I said, no, but will you come on my podcast? 
And he said, sure, if you come on mine so soon, I'll be having Luke Cook on my podcast. And because he's on my mind and I was just chatting with him today, um, he's my celebrity crush today. I saw him doing a TikTok video where he was ma- he was doing a spoof of someone else's TikTok video where they will, for some, whatever reason, spat on their fingers and fingered their dishwasher's handle. So then Luke Cook runs around um, uh, his home fingering things, different handles to different things. Um, I found it hilarious. Made me want to um, uh, chat with him. <laughs> and we uh, circled back on him doing the podcast. So he's going to be doing the podcast soon. Um, he's my celebrity crush. Don't worry. I'm not trying to, Luke. I know you're married with kids. <laughs> <laughs> Though I don't presume the parameters of your relationship, I'm going to assume uh, I don't stand a chance. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, Luke Cook is my celebrity crush today. Am I spiritual? Y'all know I'm spiritual. Um, right now I'm in a hotel room where I'll be living for a while. And um, um, uh, I've got a little... I've got a little makeshift altar set up. Um, my makeshift altar has um, a variety of stones that I tra- travel with just for this purpose. And a wand that I was gifted um, in the UK at um, DragCon UK. Someone gave me a wand with a quartz crystal embedded in it and a um, peacock feather. You've seen it in photos, maybe. I'm holding it um, when I walked down the pink carpet at DragCon um, with the sign that said my bags didn't arrive. That's all I've got on my altar right now. Um, I would say my spiritual practice right now is practicing the art of relaxation in my day-to-day life, going with the flow. Um, I, I have a cancer in my chart. I have, I have a cancer sign in my chart. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I never remember if it's my house or my rising. Oh, my gosh. I have it saved somewhere, but I have cancer in my chart. So I'm trying to channel my water energy right now, and that's my spiritual practice right now. I'm an earth sign that's trying to be more like water and um, trying to go with the flow because stress, man, stress, stress. I I almost said man, stress, man, but I'm trying to cut out gendered um, (laughs) expletives in my life. So I said, stress me, stress ma, stress ma, stress ma. (laughs) That's gendered. See? See? Anyway, let's not get hung up on, (laughs) let's all just do better. (laughs) Stress, mm, stress. Is, Is the letter M gendered? I'm on a tangent. You know I'm spiritual. I'm trying to practice being more like water. My go-to karaoke song today, I'm going to say, I don't know why. I don't think any karaoke bar would have this song, but I really want to sing it at karaoke. It's the song Majestic by Wax Fang. It was in an episode of American Dad, and I really love this song. This song actually pointed me in a direction that led to the current album I'm working on with Major Scales. Um, 
It goes like this. A sight for sore eyes to the blind would be awful majestic. It would be the most beautiful thing that they had ever seen. <laughs> That's why I need it to be karaoke. I need the words in front of me. It would cause such delight. It would make all of their minds electric. How could anyone tell them that some things were not what they seemed? <laughs> um, I can't, I, I can't uh, uh, speak for Wax Fang as uh, a group besides that one song. Wax Fang, if you're listening, I'm a big fan of that one song. Uh, <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed the inane ramblings of Jinx Monsoon. I'm so excited to let you know that this is the hopefully the only time we'll be doing this. <laughs> next, we already have next episode all planned. Um, I just wasn't able um, to meet with my guest in time to get it out this week, but I am so excited. Last episode, we had Caroline Ray, who played Aunt Hilda in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Next week, we have Beth Broderick, who played Aunt Zelda <laughs> on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Let me tell you, when Big Dipper, Willem in Alaska, first approached me about doing this podcast amidst the pandemic, they asked me who would be my dream guests to have on this podcast. And I said, Caroline Ray and Beth Broderick. Aunt Hilda and Aunt Zelda from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It was one of the first first things I said in that meeting where we generated a huge list, a huge list of... I've had a lot of people from that list, but I remember saying really early on, I wanted Caroline Ray and Beth Broderick from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and then went on to say, I want the whole cast of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, at least all the female actors. I was so excited to have Jenna Lee Green as our first Sabrina the Teenage Witch uh, cast member. Uh, we just had Caroline Ray. Caroline Ray has been talking to the other ladies. Um, and now we're going to have Beth Broderick. So that's a little sneak peek for our next episode. Um, a wonderful little bookend um, with both aunts from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My, my dream's coming true. Thank you to Mom and um, Forever Dog for making this little, this little nerdy witch's dreams come true. Thank you all so much for listening to Hi Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So be sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at The Jinx on Instagram or at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. I'll see you next Wednesday for some more hijinks. M. Oh. M. Mom. To listen to Hijinx one day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hijinx is produced by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. 
Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio.